The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The Utah legislature is making laws about gravel pits, landscaping, unions, and sports. Executive producer Emily Means joins me to break down the news and share picks of the week. It's Friday, February 9th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Executive producer Emily Means, I have breaking news for you about some of our favorite dudes. No, not dude news. <laughs> dude news. Burr, 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 burr. Uh, Kelly Olenek, one of my favorite jazz players. Ochai, there is a deal being finalized to send them to the Raptors, uh, the Toronto Raptors, also known as the Drake as- Dinosaurs. <laughs> For people, (laughs) (laughs) the Drake dinosaurs, and we also lost Simone Fontecchio, another fave, the Italian stallion. Simone Fontecchio, no, Simone Fontecchio. Never forget when they made him sing Baby Shark when he was a rookie on the mic at the Delta Center. Just humiliating. He's leaving. He's going. I can't even remember where he's going, but who cares? Once you're gone, you're gone, you know? In exchange, we're getting someone named Kevin Knox II. Maybe we'll love him. Maybe we won't. Here's what I know. He's from Tampa, so I already love him. (laughs) Oh, Florida girl. (laughs) My hometown. Anyway, that's the news. This is sad news. Trades. I mean, is this... I don't know. I I never know how to feel about these trades unless they, like, really cut deeply into my heart. Like, when we lost um, Mike Conley. I really loved Mike Conley. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. But, like, hopefully these trades, you know, lead to a championship team, baby. Allie, I went to a jazz game this past week. The mm-hmm. only jazz game I've ever been to where they've won. <laughs> and <laughs> it was electric. Like they dropped confetti from the ceiling. <laughs> People were screaming. The confetti was from like 2015. Yeah, it was dusty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was just such a fantastic experience. So if these uh, trades lead to more dubs, I guess I'm in. Being a jazz fan is a heartbreaking pursuit, but I got to say, Kelly Olynyk going back to Canada does feel like kind of a homecoming. I will miss him because he's just like so iconic looking. Like he looks like the Geico caveman. And I think that there's something really beautiful about that. He's also a dirty player. Like oh, he so many fouls, fouls all day, <laughs> fouls all day. So I don't know. I'm going to miss that guy, but cheers to them. Yeah, anyway, all right, well, I tried to put it off. I tried to stave off talking about the Utah legislature with some breaking news, but we've arrived at the moment where we don't have a choice anymore. Here we go. We're almost halfway through the legislative session. Woo, that's a very glass half full perspective, Allie. Glass halfway, (laughs) yeah. Uh, We will dismiss the Utah legislature, sign die on March 1st. So yeah, I mean we're we're getting there. 
They're not slowing down. I know. What bills shall we talk about this week, Allie? What bills? I'm happy to start. Go ahead. I've got two bills this week that I'm obsessed with, both run by Jordan Tusher, a representative from South Jordan, and both related to labor and unions, sort of indirectly. Okay. Both related to labor. Let's start with HB 285. What this bill would do, which I should say, it's moving. It's out of committee. Uh, I don't know where it will be by the time this episode airs, but it will probably be pretty swiftly moving towards becoming a law. Mm. What this bill would do is require unions to hold an election every five years to recertify themselves. And it would also prohibit workers from participating in any kind of union activities during working hours. And the thing about this bill is that it seems like it sounds sort of like innocuous, but what the effect that it will have on labor unions is that it basically financially drains them mm. because they've now got to pay for these recertification elections, which, as we know, elections are expensive. They're so expensive that like our city council implemented a system of ranked choice voting so that they wouldn't have to pay for a primary election. Like. People around the nation are trying to find ways to like mitigate the costs of elections, okay? And unions are not famously rolling in it. So they're gonna have to pay for these recertification elections, the staffing to like get it done. It's just kind of a financial burden and it and it puts a lot of red tape around the union that makes it harder to operate. Mm -hmm. Now in the state of Utah, unionizing is already difficult, mm -hmm. as I think we've learned in particular in the past few years, starting with like, you know, us getting our first Starbucks union. The Salt Lake City library workers are, they recently, things got a little complicated there because like the board agreed to like work with the union, but I think they still haven't held an election, if I remember correctly. But only 4% of Utahns belong to a union, which compared with the national average is very low. Really? And odds are it's because of legislation like this. Right. I mean, Utah is a right to work state, which already limits the powers of unions. I'm kind of thinking of this legislation in the same vein as the restrictions we've seen on ballot initiatives, Ali. I don't know if this is a fair hmm. comparison, but like it's already hard to form a union. Yeah. Just like it's already hard to get an initiative on the ballot, right? There are a lot of barriers to entry there. And so this sort of legislation, it just it's death by a thousand paper cuts method, right? Yes. Like we continue mm -hmm. to undermine and to undermine until it just becomes too much of a hassle that there's no reason for anyone to try to form a union, right? Yeah. And I mean... Another trend that we've seen in the Utah legislature in the past like decade is these sort of like national messaging bills trickling down into our state legislature. And this is one of those. This is an ALEC bill. Mm. ALEC is the American Legislative Exchange Council. It's like a massive, massive federalist, conservative, like free market think tank. Um and, you know, other states have passed this. We're actually kind of behind the curve on having not passed, being a red state that hasn't passed this yet. But here's the sort of like, and I should say, like, we got a statement from Salt Lake City Mayor and Salt Lake City Council saying that they, you know, value unions. Salt Lake City is the only city in Utah that engages in collective bargaining, you know, and so they're encouraging legislators to vote no on this. 
I mean, yeah, the legislature is going to do whatever they want yeah. on this. Um, but here's the kind of gossip around this that maybe I'm reading too much into. But my theory here is that Representative Tusher is running this legislation because he really, really dislikes the UEA, the Utah mm. Education Association, which is the largest teachers union in the state. And he and the UEA have just like been back and forth for a while now. And they're often in these like sort of like fights in the press, like most recently when he put forth that like public curriculum transparency law that would require teachers to like publish their curriculum. And the UEA was like, this is absurd. And then he was like, kind of ranting about how the UEA does a disservice to teachers and they spread false information. He's accused them of like causing undue stress in the community. Like there's just, there has been tension between this particular legislator and the teachers union for a while now. And I'm like, am I, am I gossip girling too close to the sun <laughs> by saying that I think that this bill is like kind of to punish the UEA? The other thing about this that I think is really interesting, Emily, is that the initial version of this bill excluded police and firefighter unions from this recertification process. And the thinking was, OK, well, these are I mean, what what Representative Tusher said about that was that, you know, these are public safety entities and we can't be tasking them with the burden of having to go through all of this because it could interfere with the, their ability to focus on performing public safety. But what the firefighters union said in response to that was. Mm -mm. The thing about labor is that we stand together. And huh. if we get excluded from this bill, that's kind of crossing a picket line in some sense. Uh, like, we're no different. We are a union. And so an amendment was passed that removes the exclusion. Huh. Fascinating. That's solidarity, that's baby. Solidarity. <laughs> what, wait, what did the police union say? I wonder if the police union had the same feelings. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a really interesting question. Hmm. Uh, police unions tend to be viewed as sort of outside of the the labor world. I feel like they're like the redhead stepchild of of labor. Um, I don't know. I know though the firefighters were pretty vocal in saying like that's not how this works. Mm. That's really interesting, Allie. I mean, and you know that exclusion kind of like further uh, hints at the tinfoil hat that you're wearing that this is supposed to be targeted <laughs> toward a very specific group. <laughs> Okay, very interesting. Very interesting. Yep. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Good pick. I do have one win for labor I could share with you, which is there's an apprenticeship utilization bill that the unions have only ever really been able to get a Democrat to run. This year, this legislative session, it's being run by Republican Tyler Clancy. I feel like he comes up a lot on our show. This session, for sure. For being a second session representative from Provo at 26 years old, like he's really moving and shaking here. Um, he's going to run it. And that bill requires that for public works projects, a specific amount of labor is performed by an apprentice. So it basically sets up success for union apprenticeship programs in public works projects. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's a dub if you're if you're in collective bargaining. So Okay. And on a high note. Nice. Um Allie, may I present to you my bill? Please. Okay, so I'm interested in some environmental bills this week. Uh, there's one here, Senate Bill 172, Protection Area Revisions. 
And this bill is about <laughs> mines, Allie. Essentially, oh it limits local government's authority to regulate mines. And the sponsor of this bill is Republican Senator David Hinkins. He is from rural Utah. He says the intent of the bill is to um, align local authority with state law. Um, but he did give KUTV kind of this like FU quote, which was everyone wants to go to green energy, but they don't like what it takes to get there. More mining! <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> So, yes, I mean, like, very clearly, it's a pro-mining, pro-digging-into-the-earth bill. This is raising red flags in Salt Lake County with two particular projects in mind. So uh, a lot of people might be familiar with the proposed Parley's Canyon mine. Mm -hmm. And this is something that there have been a lot of concerns about locally around air quality, you know, like picking up the dust from this mine and we're all having to breathe it in. Um, And this was like such a big concern for folks that the Salt Lake County Council in what was it 2022 blocked mining in the canyons and foothills yes so it was like a pretty uh united front in that way uh especially considering mm-hmm. you know our county council is uh, majority republican and they all decided to do this yeah the thing about that vote is that you almost have to wonder if the county council was more offended that they didn't get to have the final say on what happened in the county than they were like offended by a mine in Parley's Canyon. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So this bill, I mean, I, I have to tell you, I'm not entirely sure where the Parley's Canyon mine decision has ended up. I believe it's in the state's hands right now. I was having a really hard time like finding new news about it. Yeah. But this is just one example where, you know, this bill would come in and undermine local authority. Also, in Draper, there is, you know, that Geneva quarry on the hillside. Everyone sees it when they head to, you know, like Ikea. It's at the point of the mountain. And Draper is actually suing to prevent Geneva from expanding that mine. And so Draper Hmm. Mayor Troy Walker told KUTV that this bill would basically just eliminate city's role in this altogether. So, yeah, I think this is probably a big concern also for the Utah League of Cities and Towns, which we've talked about um, on this show as the biggest lobbying organization for municipalities in the state. And yeah, it's pretty early in its uh, process in the legislature. So we'll see what happens to it. But Ali, this bill is long and complicated. And I don't know what will happen with it. I feel like one of the things one of the terms that I've learned following the Parley's Canyon sort of mine debacle is fugitive dust. <laughs> fugitive dust, which is basically like dust off the top of open gravel pits that gets into our water, which comes down from the Wasatch Mountains. But mm-hmm. I think about it a lot. Now, whenever I see the Save Parley's yard signs in my mind, I'm like, fugitive dust! <laughs> Well, meanwhile, we're all we're all taken hostage by this fugitive dust, <laughs> just breathing it in. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients. And after a few gentle corrections, 
I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants. But the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments. So if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. Okay, I've got one more bill, and this is kind of sportsy. So where to begin? I have to say, I don't really know much about college sports. I like going to watch Utah women's basketball games, but like... My entry point into college sports is very much that, like, there's a lot of cultural conversations that are happening around it at all times. Like, this feels like a very appropriate thing to say a couple days before the Super Bowl. But the cultural conversation around athletics is always more interesting to me than the gameplay itself. Okay. On that note, Emily, have you been following this thing with the National Labor Relations Board and the Dartmouth men's basketball team? Definitely not. Okay. So here's the skinny. The Dartmouth men's basketball team have now been cleared by a federal employee to take a vote to unionize. And this is huge because if they decide to unionize, it would set this like kind of crazy precedent that, in fact, more than ever before, as it's been set as a precedent, college athletes are employees of the university and entitled to be treated as such. And it's a big deal because, like, other teams have tried to do this for years to no avail, but the culture around athletics is really shifting. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has, I think, led to that kind of shift is NIL, which means name, image, and likeness. And it's basically like this recent ruling that says these college athletes can make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Like, if you're Cam Rising and you're the star quarterback, the Utah Utes, like, guess what? Like, you do have a right to go, you know, help sell Ken Garf trucks with your face because you're popular and you can make money that way. You're risking your body and your physical and mental health to make money for this university. So on that note, of course, the Utah legislature is watching NIL pretty closely. 
And it makes sense. I have to imagine that there are many, many boosters of college athletics in the Utah legislature. A lot of BYU Mm. and University of Utah grads up there. Um, But my man, my man of the week, Representative Jordan Tusher from South Jordan, has this bill, HB 202. And what he wants to do is tame what he's called the wild, wild west of NIL in Utah. And... The bill would basically explicitly ban certain NIL deals for Utah athletes. Hmm. So camerizing, you can no longer sign a contract related to alcohol, tobacco, and e-cigarettes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I'm immediately read that, and I'm like, does that include Zinn? Because that's going to be a problem. Have you ever met a college male? <laughs> <laughs> They're packing us in, okay? Uh, Controlled substances like steroids, antibiotics, and marijuana, gambling or betting, fine. Guns, but here's the caveat. Guns that the student athlete couldn't legally purchase. So some guns. And then sexually oriented businesses like strip clubs or pornography (laughs) websites. So it's a morality bill? It's kind of a morality bill, but here's where it gets weird. So the bill also says that higher education institutions can't use any state funds for purposes related to a student-athlete agreement. So, like, I'm thinking, my mind goes to when Ken Garf showed up and gave every member of the youth's uh, football team a truck. Like, how may, like, state funds have been used to facilitate that? I don't know if they're using a state facility to, like, drive the trucks onto the field. Like, it it just raises a lot of questions about, like, how money is spent and what that even means. Um, It would require student athletes to disclose to the university if they make a deal over $600. And then the university would be tasked with reviewing the deals for violations of the state law, the NCAA, university rules, whatever. So basically the university becomes the enforcing agency for this law. Uh But here's where it relates to us. The bill would also, and this I find extremely ironic, Prevent the contracts from being released to the public. Oh. So we would basically be at once regulating, but like wholly privatizing Hmm. these negotiations and these agreements from the public eye. To which the Utah Media Coalition says, H no. And actually the Deseret News is currently suing for some of these contracts. They're in a lawsuit right now. Oh, that's interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. This okay. This was pretty complicated, Allie. <laughs> like there was a, there's a lot in this bill. I think for me the key takeaway is like help me understand because quoted in this Utah News Dispatch story, um, Senate President Stuart Adams says, "I don't like. I'm not a fan of NIL. He doesn't like that it messes up college athletes' focus on their education and the sport that they're playing. So it's like." You don't like that NIL is a disruption in your in your view for these students. I mean, I would argue in a lot of ways it empowers them and it's getting us to a place where student athletes are even considering unionizing. Right. I can see Stuart Adams not liking that. Um, You want more regulation and you want more oversight because you have concerns about the lack of oversight. But you want that oversight to be between just you and the university. You don't want the public Mm -hmm. to be able to access any of that information. Yeah. Make it make sense. But the university is a public institution. Correct. So how does this how does this work? How does it work? 
Um, wow, Allie, uh, that's more than I ever thought I would or should know about NIL and, (laughs) (laughs) and Cam, I'm sorry you won't be able to get that Miller Lite deal (laughs) under this. (laughs) Honestly. I mean, it just feels like, you know, I always joke that a theme of the Utah legislature is solutions in search of a problem. I feel like another theme of the Utah legislature is like, we want to control this while also preaching about how everyone should be in control of their own thing. Yeah, totally. Same with the mining bill too, right? Like yeah. it's it's like local control when it's convenient for them. Yeah. And if it's not, then nah. <laughs> local control unless we want to see. Interesting. Um, okay, I have one more bill. It is pretty quick. Hit me with it. This is another environmental bill, Allie, and this one is easy peasy. Uh, it's called hmm. HB 11 Water Efficient Landscaping Requirements. And essentially, if a government entity, a school, city, county, state building is located in the Great Salt Lake Basin and hmm. they're working on a new construction project, it has to limit non-functional turf, which is just aesthetic grass, basically, to uh, 20%. And it's a water conservation proposal. Whee! Um, Here's the thing. Like, will this (laughs) save a ton of water? Probs not. No. (laughs) I see see your eyes. You're not impressed by this at all. (laughs) I'm not. Well, I always hear, uh, one time on an episode of this show, Shireen Gorbani said that obsessing over lawns when it comes to water conservation is the plastic straws yeah. versus reusable straws of water conservation. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what the sponsor, Representative Doug Owens, he's a Democrat from Salt Lake County, uh, says oh, the yeah. real point of the bill is um, it's a messaging bill. And the message is that water conservation is for everyone, not just for our agricultural users. Oh God! So Doug, what? That's the point of this bill. They also said he also said that um, they want to show the feds that uh, we are making changes to our water usage here, and we would like some drought relief dollars, please. So okay, that the second part I'm more interested in. Yeah, the first part is gobbledygook because first of all, you represent Salt Lake County. Like, how many farmers are in your district? So you're just trying to virtue signal to the ag community for what? They're fine. I don't know. So we're all on the same team here, I guess, Allie. Okay. Um, But this bill actually failed in the Senate on the last day last year. And I'm wondering if it might see the same fate again, Allie, because Senate President Stuart Adams voted against this bill this year, (laughs) this session. And so I'm wondering if it will just just get pushed off and pushed off and it will never get its third vote and uh, and that'll be it so so there you have it anyway okay fine that's interesting that he would run that legislation i mean salt lake county's basically kind of already done that like it was a big part of their budget a couple years ago to implement water wise landscaping all over the place and like get rid of park strips and all that kind of stuff so in terms of like that's why i guess i'm confused because like in terms of the district that representative owens represents we're already doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this applies to the Great Salt Lake Basin, which I had to see like what this even means. And it's basically like from the Bear River down to Utah Lake, um, and the 
all of those areas surrounding the lake. So it's pretty expansive, you know, beyond Salt Lake County. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see what happens to it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, Emily, let's do pick of the week and get out of here. What is your pick of the week? All right. My pick of the week is Mill Creek Common. Allie, have you spent a lot of time there? No, because I don't ice skate or rollerblade. <laughs> and I'm starting to think that's all that they do okay. down there. Not so. Mill Creek Common okay. is looking real cute nowadays. They just opened um, late last year their new city hall. And it's a beautiful building. It also has like a public market on the ground floor, which I think is adorable. Um, Right now it has a lot of art in it, but I've seen that they will also feature like locally grown, locally made products. So kind of like a farmer's market vibe. Um, There's Mm. also a Mill Creek Coffee Roasters coffee shop in there. And I just think that this little little development is so sweet. You know, they've got their government building on the same campus where they've got their ice skating rink. They've got the normal ice cream truck. So it's just a I don't know. It's just like a little little cute downtown in Mill Creek. And I think people should check it out. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Mill Creek really had no choice but to build this because they were in a dispute with Salt Lake City over Brickyard, the Brickyard Shopping Center, for a while. And they ended up agreeing that Mill Creek would surrender their claims to Brickyard and in exchange get, like, annex some other land. Mm. And so, like, they need tax revenue. (laughs) Like, there's not a lot of commerce in Mill Creek right now like they don't have a you know what I mean like a big kind of commercial development so Mill Creek Common is not just cute it's also kind of necessary for the city to survive as its own municipality like they need they need judge they need judge they also needed a new building for this city hall because previously I think it was in like an old craft store (laughs) in in like a strip mall and yeah this this makes much more sense so check out mill creek common they have lots of events there what's your pick my pick of the week is donating blood at arup for a very specific reason so arup is the is our local blood donation center so um no shade to the red cross but why i love to donate at arup is that you know, my blood stays local. And of course, as the host of the show, I'm obsessed with all things local. So when you 
give whole blood at ARUP, it's going straight to the University of Utah Hospital, which is a level one trauma center, or Huntsman Cancer Institute. It's not getting traded or sold or sent away. And there was a big ruling that gay and bisexual men in monogamous relationships who aren't taking PrEP can now donate blood. And it's ended in many ways, years and years and years, decades of discrimination against gay and bisexual men from donating because they've changed the survey. So they no longer ask, are you a man who has sex with men? They ask about your sort of sexual habits. Um, And that's been a really exciting update. So all that to say, if you donate at ARUP on Valentine's Day, which is this upcoming Wednesday, they will give you a blood type keychain. They are so cute, Emily. Really? They're like little they look like a little bag and then it has whatever your blood type is on it so it's i mean me i'm a positive so like it's a and then it's like the little bag with the little like um what is it like the little hose kind of that runs down like an iv yes like an iv (laughs) and it's just i think it's so cute um and so you can get one I love that. If you donate on Valentine's Day, anytime between noon and 7 p.m., they have a location in Sandy. They've also got one up in Research Park by the U. You can call to make an appointment. The number is 801-584-5272. I think I can't go because I donated less than eight weeks ago, but I don't know. Maybe I can try and sneak in and they'll let me. (laughs) Wow, Allie. Um, At first I thought it was going to be like a keychain that's a vial of your blood. And that was a little bit freaky to me, <laughs> but this is much better. <laughs> no, I do have a photo of me holding my blood after I gave once like a baby. Cause I was like, can I hold the bag of my blood? Like, I don't know why, but that feels like yeah. something I need to do right now. Yeah, You just had the urge. Cute. Donate. Donate local. Donate. Your blood stays local. They need like a hundred people to walk in the door there every day to meet the need. I was at the doctor recently and she was like, yeah, we're kind of at a point now where if we have a patient or someone in the ER, we're like, how much do you need this blood? Because oh, we don't have that God. much. And I'm like, that's bad. Yeah. That's a bad that's a bad situation. Oh, so, legislature. <laughs> I know. Now there's a problem in search of a solution. All right, Emily. Always a joy to end the week with you. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, Allie. See you Monday. See you Monday. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our executive producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria with additional music from all the kimonos. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye.